Welcome to the Primal Path Podcast. We chat with our tribe to build a stronger connection through our native ways of communication. Learn about our coaches, clients, gym programming, and hear from our local businesses and find out about the latest happenings. A tribe is back for your Primal Path programming for May 17th through May 22nd. Just a reminder, all of our programming is going to be over on Push Press now. Um, it won't be on SugarWad. We'll have just the workouts posted on SugarWad this week, but everything's transitioning all to our Push Press uh, track. So you could find that or find our workouts in, like you're going to go register for class in the app, and you'll see where uh, it says workouts, and you can click on that. I did post a video in our Facebook group and our tribe uh, page, so if you want to check it out, you can. If not, it's pretty simple. You guys can figure it out. But I hope you guys enjoyed this weekend and enjoyed this beautiful weather that we have before it gets too hot and we all complain about that, right? Well, let's get started. Monday, May 17th, we have four minutes of work, two minutes of rest for three rounds, 10 dumbbell thrusters, 20 slam ball ground to shoulders, and then a 30 or 20 calorie bike. You're going to pick up where you left off on each round. And we could also substitute the bike for a 40 or 30 cal row or a 400 meter run. Nothing uh, nothing crazy about this, guys. I'm not even going to go into really big explanation. You guys know what to do. Those are good sets that you should be pretty much going unbroken on that and just kind of repeating, finding that flow for four minutes with two minutes of rest. On to our rebuild. We're doing three rounds. We're going to do 16 arm-assisted knee tucks, 16 arm-assisted toe taps, and then 16 arm-assisted leg raises. So if we're trying to figure out what the heck these arm-assisted things are, imagine you're sitting on the ground with your feet straight. You're going to reach your arms behind you to support your upper body. Now you're going to lift your legs up off the ground. So your butt is still on the ground and your hands are behind you supporting you with, with slightly bent elbows. With those knee tucks, we're just driving the knee up into the chest and then straightening those out without having the feet touch the ground. Then we're going to go in that same exact position, toe taps. But this time what we're going to do is we're going to keep the knees bent and we're going to tap our toes side to side while we're supporting with our arms. And finally, we're going to go into those 16 arm assisted leg raises where the feet are going to be off the ground straight and keeping the legs straight. We're going to raise those legs up towards our face is what we're going to try and do. This is going to light up your core. Uh, you know, we're all about building your core because everything is core to extremity. So if we have a weakness in our core, we're going to show weakness into our legs or arms or the other parts of the body. So that's why we're always doing so much different core work and big variations of it too. But those should light up your abs and a little bit of your hip flexors too. Moving on to Tuesday, May 18th. We have six minutes for climb the ladder. So we're doing three sumo deadlift high poles three box jump overs, six sumo to the five pull, six box jump overs, nine, nine, 12, 12. Keep on increasing each uh, round by three reps. After we finish that, we're going to rest for three minutes and you're going to complete your reps from part one in the reverse order. There's also a six minute time cap on this. So there's kind of building it up and building it down. We're trying to pretty much make a mountain that we're going to be doing. And uh, once again, with those sumo deadlifts, high pulls, we like seeing everybody really focus on that sumo deadlift. So I am going to reiterate that. Make sure we feel that our glutes are locked out and our hips are open before we initiate the high pull. And as for the height of the high pull with the bar, we always want to make sure the elbows are above the wrist. So it's not about how high we pull that bar. It's about 
how well we pull that bar up. So some of you, that might be only going up to your sternum. Some of you guys might be able to bring the hands up to your collarbone. Either way, it doesn't matter. Just making sure that we initiate the movement with the deadlift with good strong arms that are locked out. As soon as we feel those hips open up, that's when we're driving those hands up. We're kind of relaxing those elbows and relaxing our triceps and pulling up. And then those box jump overs are just what they are. Just uh, jumping on the box, stepping over, stepping on the other side. For our rebuild, we're going to do three rounds, 10 shrimp squats and 10 kneeling Kozak squats. So we did these last week. We introduced them to you with eight per leg or eight uh, instead of 10. So we bumped this up. And I'm sure you guys found some good variation with those shrimp squats. We can do more of a Bulgarian split squat or a split squat as well. Or we can put a box behind us so while we're holding that leg in that shrimp squat and going into that squat, that knee is pushing behind us. Once again, we are doing those kneeling Kozaks. So if you're on your knees, you're going to extend one leg out to the side. And we're going to try to sit our butt to the ground and then raise up. If you did these without weight last week and they're relatively easy, feel free to grab a kettlebell and do them controlled. And at the same time, if you still need to use your hands to help yourself get in and out of that Kozak squat with that leg sticking out, please do it. Remember, we want to be focusing on that mind-muscle connection. We want to be feeling the muscles do the work. It's not about how perfect the reps are or making sure that we hit exactly 10 reps. If the body's starting to fall off and you feel compensation that other muscles are being used, just stop. Maybe you're a couple reps shy. That At the same time, if we're still really easy at 10, maybe bump it up a couple reps. So once again, these reps that we give you for the rebuild is our guidelines of in general where we want you to be. But just like that workout, not everyone finishes, you know, with the same amount of reps or the same amount of time. You know, always you're always going to have some sort of variations. Moving on to Wednesday, May 19th, we have a 400 meter run. 20 kettlebell swings, 20 push-ups, 15 kettlebell swings, 15 push-ups, 10 kettlebell swings, 10 push-ups. 400 meter run, 20 pull-ups, 20 dumbbell push press, 15 pull-ups, 15 dumbbell push press, 10 pull-ups, 10 dumbbell push press, followed by a 400 meter run. I know this workout can look slightly confusing, but it's not. You're just putting, you're, you're just doing a, you know, club sandwich with runs. You know, instead of the bread, it's going to be runs. And then you're having those meat and potatoes that are sit, sitting right in there. The, the 20, 15, 10 of the swings and push-ups. Really think about that hip drive and those glutes uh, with those kettlebell swings. And then those push-ups. We should be looking at unbroken sets of push-ups. So scale those things that you can get that first set done pretty much unbroken. I mean, you should be doing at least 15 push-ups on that first round of 20, without a doubt. And if you're already struggling in there... You're just, you're taken away from the connection and the quality of the movement if you don't get 15 unbroken on that. You're, you're, you're setting yourself up for miserable push-ups that aren't going to be using your pecs anymore. They're going to be pulling other muscles that we don't want to use. So eat that humble pie. Those things are going to be tough. That's what we want, but we want to make sure that you're starting off with those uh, a good set of 15 at least on that first set of push-ups. Then when we're going on to those pull-ups and dumbbell push press, yes, we're going to be breaking those pull-ups into three sets, but I don't want to see more than three sets breaking up that set of 20, okay? Seven, seven, six, uh, whatever it is, you shouldn't be getting underneath seven pull-ups per set. And then those dumbbell push press, we can go a little bit heavier. You're going to be able to burn through those. You can go a little bit heavier. 
And uh, we are doing those after the push-up, so we're using some similar muscles. So they're gonna be a little bit tough, but that's why we have them as a push press and not a strict press. It'll allow you to dip and drive and use a little bit of those legs that, uh, to help push that weight up. Moving on to our rebuild, we have three rounds, five to 10 strict chin-ups, and then 15 to 20 dips. Just always wanna be working those biceps and that supinated grip since there's so much pronated grip when we're grabbing onto barbells or doing pull-ups. That's why we're always trying to get these in every single week. And along with those dips, triceps are usually a weakness on most people too, just because obviously life and our posture, the way we sit, what we do. Um, so we're going to get those in there too. We're looking for unbroken sets. That's why there's a range of 5 to 10 on your chin-ups or 15 to 20 on the dips. But we are looking for unbroken sets. You can do bench dips. And if you want to throw a plate on your lap to do that, to increase them, great. If you want to elevate your feet in the dip, great. You want to do the matador for those dips, which are the, uh, the mount that goes on our rig, do that. I don't care if you want to do two boxes. There's plenty of ways, but you need to find the way that you feel those the, the, the triceps doing all the work. And you're gonna have a little bit of peck in there too, but um, mainly you wanna be feeling those triceps and you wanna be feeling that strong connection of getting that pump, not that strain of like, I'm doing the movement, but I feel like I'm just like pulling on the muscle. I'm not building the muscle. So be aware of that when you're doing your dips. Moving on to Thursday, May 20th. That is gonna be three rounds of 40 seconds of work, 20 seconds of rest. So you can do 40 seconds of hang power cleans, 40 seconds of front squats with a two-second eccentric, and 40 seconds of lateral burpees over the bar. That's one round. Then you're going back to the top, 40 seconds of hang power cleans, 20 seconds of rest, 40 seconds of front squats, 20 seconds of rest, 40 seconds of lateral burpees over the bar, 20 seconds of rest, and then you'll repeat that one more time. After we run through those three rounds, which can be about nine minutes, you're gonna rest three minutes then you're going to have a six-minute time cap to do 30 hang power cleans, 25 front squats, and 20 burpees. Oh, I love this workout. I absolutely do. I love it. I, I, yeah. Um, so that means that you're going to just, especially on that second half, we're just going through it. You just want to try and push that second half a little bit faster. Uh, B, you can be methodical on that first half with those 40 seconds of work and 20 seconds of rest. Be methodical in your movements. Focus on the position, because no matter what, you're gonna be putting your time under tension for 40 seconds. So rather than run through them and be sloppy, maybe go a little bit slower through those movements, but hang on to that bar and don't rest. Then we're gonna move on to our rebuild. Three rounds, we're gonna do 10 serratus openers and max effort dead hangs. So these serratus openers are gonna help with your overhead position. So a lot of time our lats and our serratus, which are these little wing muscles all by our, our intercostal muscles uh, on the side of our ribs. So people that are, you know, have low body fat, like underneath 12%, um, if they raise their arms up, you're going to see what looks like little like bird wings on the side of the ribs. That is our serratus, okay? And, and that helps with our overhead position. If that's tacked down because maybe our breathing hasn't been efficient, we're not using our diaphragm, we're doing more mouth breathing than nasal breathing, the serratus can hinder so much that your overhead position is leaving your arms in front of you rather than directly up overhead. That'll also affect your handstand or getting inverted too. So with these serratus openers, we're almost getting into a quadruped position. So we're gonna be on our hands and knees like a table. 
we are going to put a foam roller kind of where our hands are. And instead of putting our hands on the foam roller, we are going to put our elbows on the foam roller. And then what we're going to do is we're going to roll the arms out and then roll the arms back in. The hips are going to stay back. Our elbows are going to start at a 90 degrees to the ground. Our thumbs are going to be up, so the palms are going to be facing us while we're resting those elbows onto the uh, foam roller. And then we're rolling that out. Um, so it's going to roll from the wrist to the elbow back to the wrist. So excuse me, I was telling you guys that foam roller is going to sit right underneath the elbow. To start, it's going to sit underneath the forearm. So as we roll the arms straight out in front of us while we're in the quadruped position on the ground, we're, we're kind of opening up the lats and opening up that serratus while we're keeping tension down onto that foam roller. Once again, this might sound a little bit confusing. That's okay. That's what class is for. But uh, yeah, we'll show you in, during that and it should help a lot of people's overhead position. We're obviously finished that off with a max effort dead hang. This is exactly what is a dead hang. We're not actively hanging. We're just trying to hold on to the bar, keeping the knuckles up, full grip around, have that thumb tucked underneath, and just allow that body to hang. What you might find is one side is pulling more than the other, um, and that's just something that I, we want you to be aware of, but ultimately go for your max effort de dead hang for that. Then we're going through three rounds. Then we're moving on to Friday, May 21st. We're gonna work for three minutes, rest for one minute for four rounds, 20 deadlifts, 12 toes to bar, 60 single unders or 40 double unders. That's it, just go. Kind of like what we were doing, did on Monday. Get a weight that you could move uh, continuously on those deadlifts. Maybe uh, at, at most have that up broken up into two sets, especially when the body gets uh, fatigued. But that first round, you should be pretty much going through all 20 deadlifts. If the deadlift is too heavy, it's going to take too much time of that three minutes of work to get through it. And once again, focus on the hinge of the deadlift of pushing the hips back. And I like to make sure that, like imagine that I'm wearing a neck brace. And this allows my head to align with my spine, so I'm not straining my upper body while we do this. With those toes to bar, adjust those as you need, knees to space, toes to space, knees to chest, uh, knees to elbows, or even on the ground, we can do some V-ups. And then with those single unders, we're gonna just try to obviously go unbroken on those. If we're having an issue with the single unders, a lot of times it's because one arm is raising up, so what you could always focus on is every time you're whipping that jump rope around, I like to try to point my thumbs towards the ground and doing that helps keep the hands down. Make sure we're doing the rotation with the wrist and not those uh, propeller arms that we're you know, moving at the elbow or at the shoulder. We really wanna focus that the wrist is doing all the work. This is gonna help out a lot if you get some forearm tension, if you have a little bit of tendonitis or tenosynovitis into the forearms. If you have little golfer's elbow or tennis elbow, doing a jump rope and focusing on that full rotation of the wrist is gonna help that out. Then our rebuild for Friday is gonna be two rounds. We're gonna do a pike walk around in each direction. We also did these last week. This is where we're gonna have our feet onto a box or a bench. We're gonna try and get as vertical as we can. We could even be have our feet on the ground in a pike position so our hips are high. It almost looks like a down dog or the up part of the up dog, I would say in yoga. And then what we're gonna do is we're gonna walk the best that we can. If we can get a full 360 degrees with our feet planted and our hands walking around one direction, then we wanna try and do a 360 degree on the other direction. I know that might be a lot for everyone, so take it slowly. If you can only do 90 out, 90 in, 
and then go on the other side, 90 out, 90 in, that's fine. If you can do 180, that's great. Do what you can, keep those muscles engaged and the shoulders locked out. It's very easy to allow those elbows to bend. We, we don't wanna be loading those uh, biceps. We want this load to be all on the shoulders. So make sure we're locking those arms out. And then we're gonna do a one minute of reverse plank. So we're gonna have the heels driving through the ground. The knees can be slightly bent and we're gonna drive our shoulders into the ground. So we're trying to raise our hips up off the ground and just hold that position. Lights up that posterior chain really, 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 really well. Finally, moving on to Saturday, May 22nd, two rounds. We have a 100-meter kettlebell farmer's carry, 400-meter run, and then 30 double dumbbell box stepovers, and then 50 meters of walking lunges. A little bit longer one, a little bit shorter of a warm-up, two rounds to get through this, and grab dumbbells that you can pretty much go unbroken on, obviously, for those 30 dumbbell uh, box stepovers. With those box stepovers, maybe go a little bit lighter today, okay? And why I say that is the body's going to be fatigued from holding those uh, kettlebells carry. You're going to be doing a run and lunges, so the legs are going to be pretty used today. And when we get those box stepovers, a lot of times we are shifting the body forward because the weight is too heavy. And so when we're stepping on the box, we're at a hinged position and then we're loading that spine. So we want to make sure that we try to keep the eyes straight forward as we place the foot on the box. Just use your eyes to look down. Don't tilt your entire head down to step onto that box. And then think about someone having a string or a rope and pulling you straight up when you step onto that box be driving through the heel, but feel all the pressure over the entire foot. Then we're going to do a rebuild. Three rounds, 16 single leg calf raises, 20 foot elevated knee flexions. Uh, so those 16 leg calf raises, you can be slightly leaning against an upright or leaning against the wall with one leg or one foot tucked behind the knee of the other leg for those calf raises. And those foot elevated uh, knee flexions are the ones that we're doing for your knee health. So you're going to stand on top of a 45-pound plate, maybe a 45 and a 25. We're going to have that foot, uh, one foot supported on the center of the plate. The other one's going to be kicked out in front of us with the leg straight and the toe up towards the knee. We're going to slightly drive the leg that's holding our body weight up or driving the knee forward a little bit just to barely touch the heel of the other leg to the ground and then squeezing our glute and standing up. We should feel a lot of the muscles around the knee uh, firing up. This is really good for post-run as well too. So that is your Primal Path programming for the week. Look forward to seeing you in class. And always remember, if you start your week off with a workout, it'll help carry you through the day. And not only through the day, but through the week. So never skip a Monday. Take care, Trap.